You're listening to The Upland Rookie, a podcast presented by Upland Brits, B Pro Kennels, Final Rise, and a Nook Shook Professional Dog Food. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Upland Rookie Podcast. I'm your host, Will Larson, and as always, coming to you from my garage studio uh, here in Colorado. Uh, it's getting a little chilly out there. Uh, got my Mr. Buddy heater rocking and rolling, uh, keep me warm. So um, anyways, I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you're having a great fall so far. Uh, I am hopefully heading out to Nebraska tomorrow, uh, chasing some uh, pair of chickens, Sharpies, uh, or roosters, <laughs> whatever I freaking find. Uh, I'm not really sure what I'm going to be targeting tomorrow, but uh, I'm going to get out there um, and uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens. Get the dogs out there. Um, I had, uh, I took the dogs out last week, got him on some birds, got Mac on some, some pigeons, getting him, uh, just seeing what he can do. And, uh, he's been running really well and dogs look good. They're ready to roll. They're ready to get out there and hunt. Um, as I probably have mentioned, uh, schedules has been crazy right now, guys. I've been, um, changed positions at work. Um, kids, I have two boys in hockey, uh, my daughter just finished soccer and life with a new baby. Like all those things combined, uh, you guys have probably noticed I've been a little quieter on social media. Uh, apologies. Uh, just it's crazy. Um, as you guys probably all know, family will always come first for me as many of you as well. And so just been rocking and rolling with, uh, work and family and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's all been good stuff. Um, that's going on. It's just been kind of crazy. So social media has been uh, a little quiet lately. Um, just hang in there. I'll get, I'll get back up and rolling, get back on schedule, um, here pretty soon, hopefully, but, uh, we're still rocking and rolling with the podcast. Um, got some great, uh, great guests lined up for you over the next several months. Really, really excited about uh, some of the guests I have coming up here. Um, today's episode is part two of the No Fly Zone series. And so we're talking with Mike Moss and Mark Zendel. And uh, we unpack more of their story with these two guys. We did part one of the No Fly Zone crew uh, a couple weeks ago um, with Preston and David Torres. And so if you haven't listened to that one yet, go back and listen to that one. Um, and I have one more episode coming out with these guys um, over the next month or so. Um, so stay tuned for that. It's a great group of guys, uh, really tight knit group, doing some cool stuff with trials, uh, hunting wild birds, and uh, just a good group of guys. So hope you like this one as well. A um, couple quick things: we run through sponsors. B Pro Kennels, guys. B Pro Kennels uh, is putting out an incredible dog box. Uh, ben has has really engineered and designed a quality product that uh, he's building here, right here in the USA. Um, just, just some really thoughtfulness, uh, went into this box and design and some of the features of it. And so if you guys want to take a look at a custom dog box, um, and he's got some standard builds up there right now on the website, got a two hole box, a three hole box. And, uh, if you, if you want to rock and roll with one of those, I would highly recommend checking those out. Uh, use promo code rookie 10. It's going to save you 10% off your order, uh, with Ben Proctor over at B pro. So um, or if you want to get crazy and say, hey, I need a custom design for, you know, for your needs. If you want, I don't know, a six hole box or whatever, whatever it is you're looking for, uh, give Ben a call and uh, he will would love to sit down with you and chat about design and features and, you know, how's it going to be set up and, and work for you and your string of dogs. So beprokennels.com. Also, Anook Shook Professional Dog Food. You guys know my dogs have been on Anook Shook for quite a while now and have been responding really, really well. Um, so cannot say enough good things about Anook Shook. Uh, Anook Shook has, um, you can go in on a, a pallet order. You can become a trusted reseller uh, in your area. If you know there's a bunch of people around you that are going to be buying this food, uh, you could become a reseller and uh, get a pallet or two of this food, resell it to people in your local area. Um, it's a really, really cost-effective way um, to to get this food, um, even better than going on Chewy or some of the other uh, big box sites. Um, so check out nookshookpro.com. Uh, shoot Brian an email over there, and uh, they'd love to talk with you. 
And um, yeah, work something out and uh, just a great quality product. Uh, I love working with this company. They are phenomenal to work with um, from from top down. Uh, every every interaction I've had personally, um, it's just been really positive. And so again, the product really speaks for itself. Um, a really, really high calorie count food. Uh, I'm feeding a lot less than I had to with some other brands out there. So uh, if you're curious, give a Nook Shook a serious look or uh, if you have any questions, shoot me a DM. Would love to answer or any questions you might have. Um, also, Final Rise gear. Golly, Final Rise. Um, just, I mean, I cannot say enough good things about their vests and their uh, the gun cases. Tell you guys, I got a gun case from them. Uh, I got the long, long gun case, and uh, whoo, thing's sweet. <laughs> it is, it is freaking sweet. It is uh, timeless. They uh, just. The attention to detail that Matt put into designing the gun case um, is phenomenal. Um, I was kind of torn whether to go with the breakdown case or the long gun case. And um, it's kind of for how I hunt. Like I'm, I'm running and gunning uh, field to field. And so I wanted a case that I could slip slip my gun into each field without breaking it down. So personal preference. Um, I know some some guys want to rock a... Um, a takedown case, you know, take down your, your over under. And so that's, that's your style. That's your, that's your jam. Uh, go for the takedown case, but this long gun case, um, it is quality. It is built really, really well. And, uh, it's a really quality product. So check out the, uh, gun case, the gloves, the vest from final rise, uh, it's putting out some, some freaking awesome, awesome gear. And, uh, I'm really proud to wear, really proud to, to work with Matt, um, over these last several months. So, uh, and then Trinity Bretons, Trinity Bretons, uh, home of the Epignol Breton, and they are putting out some of the best bred Epignol Bretons in the country. Um, a lot of people will message me uh, and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about getting a French Brittany. To, you know, tell me all the things." And uh, it starts with breeding and the development that that Josh and Jeff are putting into this pro- uh, breeding program, and uh, they, they've really dialed this in. And uh, so, talk with them. Really, they're going to be the experts in. You know, you got you got to let them know what's your hunting style, what's your, um, what's your level of experience, all those things, and they'll they'll kind of help whittle down. Like, hey, here's a here's a good breeding you would need to look for, or a pup you would you would want to get. Um, <clears throat> again, I, I've talked about moose here quite a while, or for, uh, for quite a while, and uh, he's a is a big running EB. Um, he's taken down some of the, some of the big running pointers, even some setters and some, some of these big field trials. And, um, so they, they have some really high caliber dogs. Um, so check them out at trinitybertons.com. Uh, reach out to Jeff Ryder or Josh Ryder, uh, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. And, uh, they'll help you, uh, help, help steer you in the direction of, of kind of what, what dog you're looking for, what breeding, um, you want to keep an eye on. So anyways, thank you to all my sponsors. Really, really appreciate each and every one of you. Um, couple of quick things. We have drawn a winner for the Patreon October giveaway of the Cable Gang's tie-out system. Uh, that winner is Brett Ingram. So Brett Ingram, uh, you have an email waiting for you, sir, in your inbox. Uh, please get back to me as soon as you can. Uh, maybe maybe this will be the, the, the cue for you to check your email. But anyways, I just sent it a little while ago. Um, so Brett Ingram, congrats, man, on the Patreon giveaway. We're going to be doing another giveaway here in uh, probably November or December. We'll do a Christmas giveaway, something like that. So stay tuned for all the details on that uh, via Patreon. Um, again, Patreon members, get signed up. You'll be entered for all giveaways and uh, get some awesome bonus entries as well. Okay, think, I think that's everything I had to run through. Yes, it is. Okay, cool. Um, still a hats in stock. If you'd like a hat, shoot me a DM and we will get you your hat uh, sent out to you ASAP. Um, hats are 38 bucks, and a portion of every hat sale is going back to Pheasants Forever. So uh, you're not just getting a hat. The 38 bucks includes the hat, shipping, and a donation to Pheasants Forever. So get your hats in, uh, whether it's a Christmas gift, I don't know, someone's birthday <laughs> this fall. I don't care. Uh, if you'd like a hat, let me know, and uh, I'll get that sh- uh, uh, shipped out to you as soon as I can. So anyways, guys, hope everyone's doing well, having a great fall, and uh, I'll be sure to keep you updated on my uh, my travels. Hopefully I can get out this week. I got some hockey stuff for my boys happening this week, so I'm just <laughs> trying to decide if I should ditch it or not. Oh, the dilemmas, the dilemmas of having six kids. All right, anyways, friends, uh, we're diving into part two of the No Fly Zone series. Time. <laughs>
<laughs> so, so Mike Moss and Mark Zandel, um, you guys are joining me. You guys are part of Team No Fly Zone, and I know we are doing uh, a multi-part series uh, with uh, Team No Fly Zone. And uh, I'm so glad you guys uh, jumped on here. And uh, looking forward to get to know both of you more and uh, talking hunting and dogs. So, thank you both for uh, jumping on the podcast. How has summer been for both of you so far? Whew. Training and shooting. That's all I've done. That's pretty much been a majority of the summer is training and shooting. And when you're not working, you're running the dogs. And when you're not running the dogs, you're shooting. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, that's something I really need to get better at is shooting. At least in the off season, I don't do it enough. And I think that's a, that's a really... I don't know. Do you guys find a lot of people maybe underestimate that? And they focus too much on the dogs or only on the dogs like me? Absolutely. We do see that a lot. We see a lot of people that run their dogs and run their dogs and run their dogs. And then they don't take up the time to make sure that they're up to par as well. Man, I'm guilty at that. <laughs> There's no <laughs> doubt. I'm so guilty. Um, do you guys, you guys shoot a lot of uh, trap, skeet, and one or the other I'm, both I'm a, skeet, I'm a skeet fanatic okay my passion was skeet and that's kind of what brings me back um when my shooting's off i go back to the skeet range and go okay get your get get your lead down again start determining and focusing on the target hmm Okay, I'm going to ask kind of a, a rookie question here because i have not shot a lot of skeet or trap but I've shot the one that it, there's like a house in the ground and it, and it kind of three positions straight angled, right. And angled left. What is that? That's, tra that's trap. That's trap. Okay. That's trap. And then ski yeah. is like the high house, low house, high house, low house. Okay. It's in front of you yeah, or is it coming yeah. from behind you? It's coming from, it's coming over somewhat over you. And then in front of you, your first shot is coming over you. Your second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth shot uh, it's, it's in front of you, but you have, you have crossing patterns. Um, so at certain points of the course, you're up to a four foot lead. Uh, okay. Okay. And you're, you're kind of walking a course and there's multiple different stations, right? There's eight stations. It's almost like a eight. rainbow okay. course and there's a house on each end of the rainbow basically. So like gotcha. you, you walk so across one, the eight stations. Tie, one, yeah. One shoots high, which is on your left side and one shoots low out of the right side. Gotcha. Okay. And is there a third thing? There's sporting you know, clays. Sporting clays. Okay. And sporting clays, that is most similar to skeet? No. Sporting clays can be anything. Okay. Anything. And there's there's shots on sporting clays that have nothing to even do with hunting. <laughs> and you're just going, wow, in the field, I would never take that <laughs> shot. <laughs> but I'm doing it out here. <laughs> Yeah, but out here it cost me points. <laughs> okay, well, that's good. I should, I should, I should do more on that. I uh, again haven't done a ton of it myself, and so just just getting familiar with the uh, different terminology. So I appreciate that. If you're looking to have a lot of fun, sporting clays is definitely the most fun one to go do. Yeah, it's like golf. It's like golf with it the. That's the best way to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Let's go. Let's go. Um, well, let's back up just a second. Um, I'd love for each of you uh, to introduce yourself. Uh, tell me a little bit about each of yourself and then put us on the map. Where are you talking to us from? Um, I am, I'm, my name is Mike Moss. Uh, I go by Michael, Mike, Mikey, whatever anybody wants to call me. But I'm located over here in Lakewood, Colorado. Okay, very cool. And you are. you did say you're a native, right? I am a native. I've been here my whole life. Okay. That's awesome, man. That's not many of you around still. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> You're like yeah. the unicorn that I meet here. <laughs> and Mr. Mark, how about you, sir? Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, put us on a map. My name is Mark Zandel. Um, I am from Broomfield, Colorado. That's where I'm living. Originally from Lawrence, Kansas. Um, spend most of my weekends through the winter in Kansas. Okay. For bird hunting, I'm guessing, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to say yes to that. <laughs> oh my yeah, god! Yeah, at trials. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's awesome, guys. Well, I'm excited to get into more about uh, hunting and, and trials and your dogs. And uh, But I guess I want to first start, like, let's start at the beginning, I guess. Uh, let's talk about bird hunting and bird dogs. Like, like let's start with you, Mike. Um, how and why did you get into hunting and bird dogs? Now, was this something you grew up in? Was this something you you came into later in life? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so actually, I, um, even from a really young age, I grew up with two uh, GSPs, uh, Josie and Wyatt. And uh, that kind of, it was my dad ultimately who sparked my passion for hunting and outdoors. And so as I kind of got older, the dogs kind of got older. So we kind of leaned out of it a little bit. I didn't do a whole lot of hunting into my teens and up into my twenties here until um, I actually went on a guided hunt with uh, David Lovato was my guide and we'd never met before. And I saw his dog Kona and it actually like re-sparked my passion for a dog. And I was at that age where I wanted my own gun dog. And so I ended up getting my own gun dog and that's kind of what's continued my passion for it. I I met a group of guys that have really opened up my horizons on what bird hunting actually is. So Mm. that's awesome. Now, did you going back to that guided hunt? Now, was that something like, were you, curious at all going into this that hey like i want to explore this this upland hunting thing more or was this kind of just a, a, a some random person invited you or like how did how, how'd that come about well it was actually so me and my dad haven't hunted for a while the dogs had passed uh, you know a couple years prior to this so it was actually a gift from my dad he's like let's get out in the field and go shoot some birds mm-hmm. together and like the the simplest way was to just do a guided hunt out there uh i don't even remember exactly where it did it, it was out east but um it, yeah, it was my dad. That was at A plus. That was at A plus. Yep, game. A plus game birds. That's where it was. And okay, it, they're closed down now, aren't they? No, he's still. Oh, are they? Okay. But it was so. Yeah, it was my dad invited me. It was kind of I can't remember if it was a birthday present or a Christmas present, one of the two. And I actually, the crazy part is, I almost didn't go to that. <laughs> there was like some internal issues where I almost didn't go to it, and. Going to that opened up a whole, it, it changed my, the whole direction of what I did, even on my free time or what I focus on, because I ended up meeting David out there and his dog, and it re-sparked my whole passion for gun dogs, and I was like, I don't know why I'm not doing this all the time, and then I ended up getting copper, and uh, it, I guess going into more detail, that is, I was out in a field one time, and I hadn't talked to David for a couple of months after that. I ended up getting a dog like maybe seven months later, I think is what it was. And then I was having troubles getting her to retrieve. And so I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this guy David a call and see what's going on. <laughs> I called David and he's kind of muffled. And he's like, yeah, I might lose you here. I'm in the I'm in the middle of a field trial. <laughs> he was literally in the blind going into a field trial. And I was like panicking. I was like, I can't get my dog to retrieve. I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do. And he was like, don't panic. It's all right. We'll get it figured out. And then the week after that, he came back into town and uh, <laughs> we went out to a field and he's like, wow, you got such a nice dog, such a good dog. And he's like, why don't you come out and shoot with me and the guys and we'll see where it goes from there. And then I went out and shot some clays and I'm, that's when I actually met Mark. And uh, I think it was Tom and Lori were out there for the first time. We shot some clay birds together and I guess the rest is history. I just been, they've been letting me hang around. <laughs> <laughs> They, they haven't kicked you out yet. No, not yet. Not yet. But don't say that too loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. I uh, I chatted with uh, D- the other David in your group. Uh, and then, oh, uh, not Spencer. Preston. 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 Thank you. Chat with them a while back. And uh, sounds like David, the other David L, David Lovato, sounds like he's a common uh, denominator amongst amongst this group. And <laughs> David, David is the common denominator because you'll get into it later. And that's due to, he's the president of the team and he's the one who put the team together. That's cool. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to unpack that a little more. Um, But let's back up to you, Mr. Mark. Um, Tell us a little bit about your, um, your hunting journey. I guess, like, how did you get started? Why? And what led you into this world of bird dogs? So funny story. I was a fly fishing guide for like 25 years. And back in, uh, I think it was 98, um, a client of mine said, hey, for a tip, I want to take on a pheasant hunt. And I'm like, huh, I've never been. He's like, you're going to love it. Hands me a shotgun, um, puts me behind two golden retrievers, and we go to this farm, and there's birds everywhere. And... 
you know, we knocked down a couple birds. And I was like, wow, this, this was a lot of fun. And as a fly fisherman, I tie my own flies. So I thought, okay, the next time I go out, I'm going to have my own dog. And at the time, I was into retrievers. My first dog was a retriever. And I got a golden retriever and trained her up. And needless to say that retrievers are much easier to train than pointers. <laughs> I'm going to say that right off the bat. Um, but I had a friend that then started inviting me to wild bird hunt. And I was like, wow, okay, I'd like to really try this. And so I take my dog out there. My dog does great. I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. And he said to me, and this kind of ties in with everything, you need to get into skeet. You need to start shooting skeet so you can determine lead, acquire your target, everything else. So I started taking lessons, went out to the skeet range. And I'm, I'm very competitive. So once I realized, hey, wow, this, this is fun too, I started shooting that competitively while wild bird hunting and fishing kind of got pushed to the side. And um, it was a couple years later, I was invited on a hunt where we were hunting over setters. And I'd never hunted over a pointer. And man, I fell in love with the way these dogs were just quartering a field. Um, they'd go on point, you'd come up to them, and the bird would come up, and all you had to do was shoulder your gun and hit hit the bird. I mean, it was, I'm like, okay, my next dog is going to be an English setter. And it's been setters ever since. I think I'm on my seventh or eighth one now. Oh, wow. So you went in, into the setters hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And went into a certain line. Okay. And actually, and actually the, the my number one dog right now was a dog I bred and put put everything together and got pick of the litter and matter of fact I had the whole litter um but yeah I've just I've 360 it's like it's all about birds it's all about bird hunting and training the dog and staying on the dogs um if I take a day off they take a day off but that's very seldom that's not that's a cool thing about bird hunting and maybe cool maybe not not so great but it is kind of a you know, there's sure there's a hunting season and that's, let's say September to whatever, January, but with dogs and training and, and conditioning them and, and yourself and shooting and all that stuff, like there's kind of no off season. Like it's kind of just this year round, like as soon as Thank bird you. season ends, yeah. right? That's absolutely true. There is no off season. You know, it's just like working out. Yeah. It's daily. If you want the rewards, it's daily. Yeah. And Especially so, with, with dogs, I mean, I, I think about, I mean, no, no knock on big game hunters at all, but you, you go out for a big game hunt. It's kind of, let's say a week of the fall and then and you're, you're done. I mean, you kind of did, did your trip, whether you got a tag or not. Um, but dogs, like you're responsible for those dogs and they have to eat and be trained and conditioned and worked and like all these things, like it's a responsibility. And so that, I don't know if that aids to just the, the time we have to put in throughout the year, but it's, I, you know, that. I think I enjoy that part about it too. I don't know about you guys. I'm, I'm sure you do, but I enjoy all of it. And I enjoy, I enjoy the, I enjoy watching a puppy's lights turn on. And that's what I was going to say. Is that, you have to do justice by the dogs too. Cause everything. when you do see that light turn on in the dogs, like Mark was saying, it's literally, you see the, it's like a switch literally flicks on. You have to do them justice. You know, you can't just take them out for Like you're saying, for example, the big game for a week, you know, it's, it's year round. You got to keep yeah. them, either dialed in on their conditioning or dialed in on their scent, let them work birds or. You know, my biggest thing, you know, with setters, um, anybody out there that's listening to this will laugh, but said the, 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 the number one problem is retrieving. And that's what we work on daily. All three dogs every day, take it from my hand or it's a frozen bird or it's a, it's a gnarled piece of wood, but, we're working on retrieving. Yeah. 
Mark, do you mind? Um, I, I know I have people who listen to this um, show who, who love setters, have a lot of setters. Would you mind, what are some of the lines that your dogs are from, maybe that people would, would have heard of before? So my, my two dogs, my two younger dogs are grand grandchildren of Shadow Oak Bow. Um, one is two years old. The other one's six months old. The other, and, and they came from an actual daughter that I used to own. Uh, the older one, Tess, is uh, a dog that came from the performer line that was, uh, I had to pay for the semen on that one. Okay. Did you, when you kind of got into the setters, is that something you started to kind of research the bloodlines or did you kind of stumble across that accidentally and then just, just fall in love with the, the set? I started researching. Um, when I first got into my first dog, it was out of the performer and the Tomoka line, which both came out of the same kennel. And so that was my very first dog. Um, I was very fortunate that about five years ago or four years ago, got a call from a trainer that was like, Dude, I've got this setter, um, and I've I've got a size down. Is there any way you can take her off my hands? And I was like, Well, show me the lines. And that was the daughter of Shadow Oak Bow. And I was, and that you know, and I was like, Holy crap! Oh. You're kidding me. A direct daughter. Direct daughter, wow. and it was. Um, she was. She was not cheap. <laughs> I'm sure. And so, the only problem with her was is she'd been on Penray's birds for a year and a half before I got her. And so when we took her out to the field, she kept trying to run the birds down mm. and, and retrieve them. And I was after, and so I gave it a good year, year and a half. And after that, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to, I'm going to breed her and I'm going to take the pick of the litter and then I'll sell her. Mm. Well, the guy that wanted her, couldn't afford her so we made a deal that i i did the full breeding i went and found the the sire that i wanted to use and um and bred them and i got i got all the pups sold them all and kept the pick of the litter and in my opinion i kept the best dog because she uh she won a national championship last year mm. and then um the guy that now has the bitch did the same breeding exactly two years later, and that's the little puppy I got now. Ah, uh, okay. His brother to her. Okay. He's only six months old. So, so the puppy then is a grand puppy to Shadow Oak Bow. Yeah, okay. as the as the as her sister, okay. Chloe here. Wow, that's cool. That's cool. Um, okay, we're gonna circle back to trial. I have a ton more questions on that, but. <laughs> My mind's spinning right now. Um, Mike, let's go back to you. As, as we're getting into dogs a little bit, we heard about some of uh, Mark's dogs. Uh, tell us about the dogs you have right now, and then we'll go from there. So I only have uh, one hunting dog right now. Her name's Copper. She's a female GSP. She'll be two in like, actually like a, like a week or two. She's coming up on her okay. two years old. Okay, so she's young still. Yeah, she's super young, super young. She's getting just okay. into her prime. <laughs> And I, did you mention the breed? Uh, yes, she's a German short-haired pointer. Okay, GSP. Okay, very nice. Um, any chance out of David's dog or no? Uh, you mean like where I got her from? Yeah. No, she's from, okay. uh, I, I found him on that uh, AKC website, actually. It was a breeder out of uh, Parker. Okay. And I think okay. it was an accidental breeding, but both parents were papered, so. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. How was uh? So was last year then her first season then? It, first wild it was. Hunting season? It was. Okay. How how was that? What was that experience like for you and uh, you and her? I, I actually, you know, I, I went into the season. You know, I had a lot of people tell me, you know, what my expectations should be, and I, I really had no expectations of the season. But holy smokes! It, I mean, as far as wild bird hunting, she's you know she's a phenomenal dog. She's an amazing dog. She's done. She's gone way above what I have ever expected for a puppy to do. And uh, as far as trialing goes, I mean, she, I, I just found the right group of people is really what it comes down to of like where I got my information, you know, people's experiences going into how I trial and stuff like that. It's, I mean, Mark, David, David, all the, all, the whole team, anybody will tell you that, you know, a lot of the success of what copper is today is because of the team, you know, because of the training that we put in. So I'm not going to say it's specifically her, but I do credit a lot of the team in being what she is today. It was an amazing first season, I should say. 
That's awesome to hear, man. Um, now, did you do most of the training with Copper yourself? Uh, again, it sounds like, is this your first bird dog? This is, yeah, so, yeah, this is my first personal bird dog. I mean, I did okay. grow up with, you know, dad's dogs, but I was never sure. a part of the training and that stuff, so. Yeah, so so what's that been like for you now? This is your first bird dog, like, like okay, got this, got this dog now. Like, what, what's that training been like for you? Like, what, or maybe some, give me some, some couple highs, couple lows, like what's it been like this last it's, uh, year or so? It's honestly been all highs. And I, and I say that <laughs> Good, wholeheartedly, man. it's been okay. all highs. There's there, like with copper, it's just been so simple, but I, I can't really credit a lot of the training to myself a, a lot. So like I said, like David Lovato, basically without him, copper probably wouldn't be what she is today. Cause hmm. you know, Mark's out there at my side, David Lovato, David Torres, Tom Laurie, they're all literally right on my side. So if something happens that needs to be corrected, I mean, because of their experiences with bird dogs, it's helped me a lot. So I, I can't say that I, I mean, a lot of work that nobody sees that goes on at home, the behavior, the simple retrieving, stuff like that, I can credit myself to just the consistency of it. But mm. I would have never known how to do any of that without my team. So yeah. a, a lot of the highs are because I'm with my team doing it with my dog. And it's, I mean, it's like, it's like a dream, <laughs> dream come true. <laughs> That's awesome to hear, man. That's, I mean, you guys can both probably speak into this, but um, I, I, again, I think the word mentor gets, gets used a lot, but I do think it's important to have and surround yourself with the right people Absolutely. to help show you some of those things, show you this is kind of how you do or why you do certain things. Uh, were you going to say something, Mark? Well, I think, I think Mikey was a very good recipient of, um, he, he listened, um, at, especially with the team functions that we had and talking about, you know, I went, I went 10, 15 years with, you know, I'd win a trial here, I'd win a trial there, but never made it to semifinals, never made it to finals. That didn't change until, you know, that common denominator we were talking about earlier, which was David, we, I, I call him DL, um, you know, when I had bred that pup, I went to the guy that was kicking my butt hmm. and I'm like, Hey, would you help me, uh, train my dog? And he was like, really? You want me? And I'm like, yeah, you're the one that beats me every weekend. <laughs> that's, and, that's some wisdom right there. Go to the, go to the person who keeps, uh, keeps whooping you in the trials. Yeah. And he does, he did train and I was like, cool. And, um, and you know, whatever he said, you know, I, I do to a hmm. T and I vowed, that I was going to make a really good gun dog out of this dog. And when he saw her, he was, he was like, wow, you, you have a special dog. I mean, she was gun broke at four months, mm -hmm. um, already on birds and steady by five. She was an amazing dog. And well, still is sure. just coming into her prime. She's only two and a half years old. Mm -hmm. Um, and everything was from the team and everything was from David. Everything centralizes around his training method. Um, and so because of his training method, pretty much, you know, um, Mikey could drop copper on the ground and I could run her, hmm. you know, and vice versa. Just because, that, because you all had the familiarity with each other's dogs and style and training. It's the exact same style. Everybody followed the same command for the same hmm, okay. result that we wanted out of the dogs. So, we all know that if we want the dog to come, we all use the same command. If we want the dog to retrieve, we all use the same command. You know, if we want the dog to change direction, we all use the same command. Mm. So, or not even command, but it's how we use the remote control. Sure. Um, so we all we all understand each other's dogs um, due to the fact that we all use the training method, and we all and we do group trainings. Mm. It's not like we do individual trainings and and you know tell each other what to do. It's we're there with our dogs every Sunday, you know, waking up at three thirty in the morning, be able to get out there and get birds in the dark, and as soon as light comes up, be able to have enough time to train eight to twelve dogs um, before it gets too hot, you know. And it's the commitment to the team. Um, and your dog sure. and, and, and then going into a trial and saying, okay, I got beat. Did you do your best on the off season? Mm. Yeah, I did. Okay. 
then you know what to work. You know, you know that you you can't feel bad. Yeah, it's like it's like taking again. I think the team concept. This this is. I think I, personally, I think it's unique to the uh, the hunting space. I haven't heard this this referred to in in a hunting space before. Um, but you can translate, I think, to a sports team. Like every person has to pull their weight, put in the work, put in the time. Like follow the <laughs> the coaches' uh, guidelines and instructions. Like it's it's the same concept, is that right? But you're translating I, to. I would say, uh, yeah, you're close to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very close. That's, to a, it. that's a cool concept. I, I really like that a lot. It is, a, and 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 it is an individual sport, and there is a lot of individuality sure. about it. But we go and we we represent ourselves as the no fly zone team. Yeah. Okay, so we're we're kind of tipping the iceberg on trials a little bit. Um, let's just kind of dive in there for a sec. Um, now, this is: Are you both running the? Was it the G, the NAGDA? Yes. And, yeah, that and Colorado Gun Dog Association. Okay. Do they run the NAGDA at the at the uh, association, or is that are those separate events? They're separate events. Okay. okay. So what, what led you to, was again, was this David kind of rallying everyone together around the trials or I guess for each of you, like what, what was it about trials that was interesting to you to want to jump in? I, I well, well, I was going to say is I actually, until like I even got copper, I didn't even know trials were a thing. I had no, hmm. I had no idea what that was. So yeah, David was the introduction of it. He's like, I think you should check it out and see what it's about. And, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's really all I had to say. I didn't even know what trials were. No. I had no clue yeah. that there was competition and in, inside of things. And like, I guess what led me to be excited about that is like, I've always played competitive sports growing up. And so when I kind of leaned off of doing that and I, you know, didn't really do anything really competitive. Then when I got copper, when I found out that there was something I could get competitive about, it opened up a whole new door for me, mm-hmm. for me to travel through. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I mean, jumping into this bird dog world and, and stuff. Yeah. You don't, trials aren't, I, I don't think as the, at the top of the list that you'll hear about, I think it takes a little bit of time to, you know, hear about them and then go, Oh wait, what? Wait, tell me more. <laughs> yeah. now, now how about you, Mark? What, what led you down this, this path of trialing and, and getting into that? Well, it wasn't until my third pointer, my first, third setter that I decided that I'm like, okay, I'm really going to put in the training. I'm really going to do it. And I went to the sportsman show, and I came up against this little chintzy booth called Colorado Gun Dog Association. And I'm like, what do you guys do? And they're like, well, we have trial grounds for pointers. I'm like, really? Where you can go out and train your dog? And they're like, 365 days a week, $100. The only times you can't go out there is during a trial. And I'm like, what's a trial? <laughs> and so he explained it. And so he's like, come out to demo days. So I went to demo days, and they actually used my puppy during the demo. And she was pointing and doing everything. And then and then they did a mock trial. And I was like, oh, I got to get into this. This just looks like fun. This is just keeping the dog on birds. Yeah. And at first it was just for fun. But I was noticing that when I went to the open class, that my dog was – in the winning times, just not retrieving. Mm. And I was having to walk over to get the bird. So I was getting all the points except for the retrieve. And I'm like, huh. And somebody was watching this and said to me, hey, why don't you get your dog to retrieve? Pay for somebody to retrie- get it to force fetch, and you'll start winning. And lo and behold, <laughs> I started winning a trial here and there, no you know. And... Um, it was when I got, as again, going back is when I got, when I got Chloe, my second dog is when I decided, okay, the guy that's kicking my butt is going to help me train the dog. And so what I learned after 17 years of never making it to semifinals, but winning a trial here and there is it wasn't my dog. It was me. And so out, here it is, you know, two years later after changing my whole training method, my whole trialing method with, with David's guidance, I started being successful. Mm-hmm. I had my most successful year ever mm-hmm. just this past, just this season. And, um, you know, and Mikey was out there too helping. And, 
it was it was the dedication from the team, in my opinion. Besides, you know, me being at home doing the homework sure. that put everything together. That's cool. That's cool. What um, I mean, speaking on this past season for you both, what were maybe uh, when it comes to trials, uh, what was it maybe a, a standout um, highlight or, or favorite memory for for each of you this past season? Go ahead, Mikey. Well, it, it would be really tough for me to pinpoint like a favorite moment. I do got one, I guess, that I was most proud of that um, we. I got introduced to the Colorado Gun Dog Association. I started running the trials out there, which are a little bit different than the NAGDA trials. But I ended up winning uh, the open division in Colorado Gun Dogs with Copper. Oh, nice, man. So I guess that was, awesome. I could say that's probably my, my most proud moment of the season, other than getting good. through the first trials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. That's a good feeling when you, uh, again, when the dog kind of puts things together everything's kind of working out and you get a kind of a taste of uh, a taste of that. That's, that's exciting. And that's the thing is like throughout the running with Colorado gun dogs and stuff, it was just, there was always just one thing here, one thing there that just wasn't put together. And then coming up on the last couple of trials, everything just started working out. Perfect. Copper was doing everything she needed to do. I was handling my end of things. And then, yeah, that turned out. And we, we took the win for Colorado gun dogs. That's cool, man. Now, does Copper, did she uh, retrieve naturally uh, since she was young, or did you have to uh, force fetch her? Uh, no, we never actually force fetched her. There was a little bit of worry that she might not fetch very well. But no, like even when she was young, I did have some some wings and stuff that I played around with her and got her excited for. But, I mean, that's actually what ended up me calling David. I uh, couldn't get her to retrieve for like a solid week when we were out in the field and I, so I did start to panic and thought we were going to have to force fetch her, but thankfully, no, we didn't. She, she got out in the field and just had somebody that knew a little bit more about, you know, dog behavior and kind of knew what they were looking for. And of course, when we get out there, she starts running the toys back to him. <laughs> like it was nothing. <laughs> oh, that's good, man. That's good. And Mark, same question for you. What uh, was maybe a, a proud moment or uh, a favorite highlight from this past uh, trial season? Um, I think the, what sticks out the most is the moment that I realized I had won the amateur division in, uh, North American gun dog association and being able to go up and grab my award and be able to hug my team captain mm -hmm. president right there. It was just amazing. Mm -hmm. It was an amazing feeling that I, that I have put it all together and realized that, you know, I do know what I'm talking about. And, and realizing that uh, it was an amazing season. Um, you know, you're going to be talking to Darren. Darren also took third place with her. Mm. So she was up there twice. Oh, wow. Now, now yeah. that was for nationals, you said, right? Yeah. Okay, that's, that's a big deal. Tell me a little bit about how that works. Is North American Gun Dog Association, is that um, across all states right now and what does that look like to get to get your dog to qualify for nationals well i don't know if it's all states i know there was california there was nebraska there was nevada uh utah wyoming okay uh, there were quite a few states represented matter of fact this past year was the largest event for finals they'd ever had oh. and um there were i think 179 or 189 runs wow. for nationals for that event um but they 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 run a really good event and and it's a four bird plant and basically you got you know you have 20 they were shortened it down to move it along 15 minutes but basically if you went over 10 you were out of the you were out of the running um there's smaller fields. Uh, you can do flushing, amateur, or you can do flushing, pointing. There's women's. There's uh, uh, senior. There's senior dog. There's doubles, uh, flushing. It's just wow. it's it is it's 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 a big deal. It's a big yeah. deal. A lot of states involved. Yeah. So so do you to get to nationals? Then do you just have to win X amount of is there a point system that, that for a season that gets you, you there? How does that work? You have to right now. You have to either either place top three in one of your events, and then run a second event, or go to four events, make four events. Okay, that's that. There's three two ways to qualify. Okay. 
So not not have to win four events, but just run four different events? Just run four events. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And where do they hold that? Is that Nebraska or Kansas they, they hold that national event? Most of, most of them right now is all in Kansas. Okay. There's, well, I shouldn't say that. Nationals in Kansas. We run our dogs in Kansas, but there's California. There's all these other states that are that are running sanctioned groups also. Sure, okay. Very cool. Very cool. Well, that's awesome, guys. Now, trials are a, a fun thing. I've been running Nastra now for a little bit, and um, yeah, it's it's been a fun thing. You get to meet some great people, like like you guys have, and um, just again, time time with the dogs is never a bad thing. <laughs> Extra time, and even working on a goal, like your goal is maybe retrieving or steadiness, whatever you're working towards, like you're putting extra time and effort in with your dog. And that's, that's always, I think time well spent <laughs> with your, with your bird dog. And so I think trials can do a, do a good job of helping us again, focus on a goal or, a um, yeah, really just a goal to, to work on. So those are, those are pretty cool. Yeah. One thing that's actually great about the trials too, is that, you know, once the season's over trials run a little after season, so it's just more dog yeah. running too. So touching on yep. the never a bad time. <laughs> It extends the good times. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You get that, that springtime again, extends that season. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> that's, why, that's why we love them. It's a lot of fun. Um, to- trials, for, okay, trials for me are the camaraderie too. Yeah. Besides the, besides the individual part of it, it's the camaraderie. And I think that's where um, a lot of our teammates come in um, involved too. And we, and that's why we enjoy the doubles game because we get to change things mm. up and we get to, Hey, we're hunting next to our buddy, just like we do all season long. Sure. Um, I love, I just love the game. Just love the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fun with this event. Um, and I think I talked to David and Preston a little bit more about kind of the rules and stuff, but are you guys, um, training any differently for this versus hunting or you're, you're just training your dogs for hunting and it transitions very well to this trial event. Yes, we train our dogs for hunting, and they do very well in the event. However, and Mikey will find this out next season in his second season, you're, at least my dogs, and I've seen this with uh, all our other team dogs, is they know that they're in a trial or they know they're wild bird hunting. Um, and I say that because you can drop Chloe in a field, and there's four markers, and she'll stay within those four markers. Mm. <laughs> Yet you put her out in a wild bird area and she's out 300 yards before you blink an eye. So they, they figure you know, it she, out. They do. They figure it out. And that's not, that's not necessarily a bad thing in your opinion, right? No, I yeah. think it's a great thing. I think, I think it speaks to the intelligence of the dog. dog. Yeah. Absolutely. I love good dog work, whether it's a planted bird or a wild bird. Yeah. Because they've been able to figure out the space, the time. Okay, this, I'm going to range it in. I'm going to stay within these bounds. And then, like you said, well, wild birds, it's like, all right. You let's... Know with, as you know, with Nastra, you know, it's probably, what, three to four years before your dog masters everything where it's seen everything in the field. Sure. So if they're out doing wild bird hunting and trialing up until those four years, man, they're just masters of their trade at that point. And you got to just sit back. And the nice thing about, you know, a great, bird dog is even in trials all i got to do is shoot the bird <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to overhandle and and this and that because exactly and and something that i learned right off with david was shut the f mm. up <laughs> that is yeah I, yeah I i can't preach that enough i i am guilty of it still a little bit again i've only been that's four or five years there's times i'll get a little too chatty i'm like well just stop just stop but that's so key. You got to let your dogs yeah. do what they're going to do. Exactly. You want to change direction? You know to use the tone yeah. button on the on the collar. Yeah. Well, well, that's good, guys. Um, trials are a ton of fun. Um, yeah, it's it's been a blast. Like you said, uh, Mark, the camaraderie is is again. It's so that's what draws you back to them. I, I feel you get to you're waiting for your your brace to run. And you get to, you know, talk dogs and hunting and catch up on life with people. And it's, it's some really cool people you get to meet. So. Exactly. Exactly. Um, talk to me about wild bird hunting for you too. Um, what did, what did that look like last season for you guys? Um, and, and what do you guys like to hunt the most right now? Is it pheasants, quail, chucker? I mean, what are you guys, uh, what are you guys hunting for wild birds? 
Well, um, uh, last year I had a uh, for the first se- for, bleh, the first hunt of the season was a new new one for me. I got to hunt a spe- two species I've never shot before, and it was phenomenal. Mm. We were in Montana shooting sharpies and huns, mm. and just seeing that open country was just phenomenal, just beautiful. Um, but we mainly hunt quail and quail and pheasant yeah that's one thing actually i've never hunted a wild quail and then a new one for me was sharp tail and huns and when we went out to montana i actually didn't even get a sharp tail that time i had a i'm blaming it on the new shotgun (laughs) we're we're sticking we're sticking to that either that or had a 90 degree in the barrel we're not quite sure Um, I, but no, I grew up hunting a lot of dove and pheasant. So I'd have to say that my, my favorite still is pheasant hunting. It really is. Montana was cool. It was a new species and I've never, I've never done something like that where you go to Montana, the fields are, I mean, they're beautiful. That's, it's something totally different. Did you guys all go up there as a no fly zone team? Yes, we did. We we did. Yeah. It was a a cool cool experience. It it was cool. It was really cool. Three days of, of hard hunting. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, what are you guys looking forward to this season? What's, uh, what are some highlights you are, uh, I guess not highlights, but what are you, what are you looking forward to? Any, any big trips, any new species that you guys are, are looking for, uh, to chase? No new species, but we are headed back to Montana in September. Okay. Um, probably we're, we're doing the, doing the opener for pheasant season and probably going to just chase pheasant and quail i definitely last year we didn't get out as often for quail as i wanted and um gonna make sure that we get out there this year yeah that's awesome uh mike were you able to were you able to harvest a hun in montana last year i need to you uh, missed on the sharpie yeah i did get i did get two huns i actually uh, nice still i'm getting getting ready to get this one mounted here but i did oh get, very cool i ended up getting two and it <laughs> The crazy part was, is I was, I was super beat. I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. I stayed back on like the, it was a really big field. We'd hunted twice already and we were going to hit it one more time on the way out of the back roads there. But I, I heard some shots go off and I was walking just on this little hillside, kind of just staying by the trucks and a, a big old hun came flying over the top of the hill. So I didn't even get to shoot it over my dog or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a flushed one that flew over towards the trucks. <laughs> So I kind of, kind of halfway did it. Yeah. (laughs) Nice shoot, man. It's a memory. It's a memory. Exactly. Exactly. Those are fun little birds. They are, uh, they got a little size to them. They got speed like a quail and, uh, they're, they're fun. I love the way they flush. Yeah. Especially the shark. Oh. And the way they just, man, get your heart pumping. I know. A sharp tail flush was something I've never experienced. And that was cool. When the, we, we actually had a, a guy that was, uh, I guess our guide out there, but when he was telling us walking out the field, he goes, when you see one get up, you better hustle up there. Cause there's going to be a couple more that'll get up behind it. And he wasn't kidding. You get up there and it's like popcorn in a bag. Just one there, one there. So true. A couple seconds go by. It's all quiet. And another one gets up. Another one gets up. Yep. Yep. It's exciting. They'll be the, yeah, I, I totally agree. That's, that's a great piece of advice. Honestly, for anyone hunting sharp tails is there's going to be one or two stragglers who are <laughs> just holding real tight. Yeah, just wait a all their buddies. <laughs> Yep, they're gonna let all their buddies uh, scatter, and uh, yeah, I've I've had it before where I again I thought it, all of them flushed, and I was like, ah, well, there they all go. I kind of like you know lean back a little bit, put the stock of my gun on my on my thigh, I'm just kind of like, oh man, well there they go, two more at my feet. <laughs> what the heck? Missed them both. Oh. <laughs> Missed both. That's the highlight. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I remember that clearly. I remember that. That's funny what you remember. <laughs> it really is. You get, you get these memories. Uh, again, they might not be picture perfect in some people's minds. But like, oh, well, you missed them. Or, oh, it wasn't over your dog. Well, it doesn't matter. I was I was out there having a great time in some beautiful country. Um, and those those are some memories that, uh, that we'll, I think we'll always have with us. Um, well, as we start to uh, start to wrap things up here, guys, um, I know hunting season. Uh, this it's, right now when we're recording this, it's around the corner. We're we're in in mid August right now, but um, it's coming up here very soon. And a lot of excitement with uh, hunting season coming up. Um, one of the things I like to uh, ask each guest and just kind of get their take on is um, talk to the to the rookie uplander out there. Um, maybe someone is heading into their first 
opening sharp tail hunt or hun hunt. Um, you know, talk to that rookie out there. What piece of advice would you guys give them? Uh, let's start with, uh, I'll start with Mark. How about you, sir? For a sharp tail hunt? For any, any hunt. It is not, not specific. Just heading into their first season. Now is this, uh, again, I'm just not, is this with a dog? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's say they, all right, let's, let's be specific here. Let's say someone picked up their first bird dog this past year. The dog's ready to hunt this, this fall and they're heading into their first season with their own dog. What, what piece of advice would you give them? Be patient because the dog and you are going to make mistakes. Mm. I, and I think a lot of us as beginning handlers lose, lose birds because we're too busy trying to make our dog do something that we haven't really trained it to do. Mm. <laughs> that's good right there. That is good. Yeah. That's one thing I can say too, especially because like I could say last season was like, like I I've never done that much wild bird hunting, even that I can remember maybe when I was a young buck, some stuff that I don't remember, but some good advice is patience, especially if it's your first bird dog and you're like, even if you have a lot of hunting experience, it's your first bird dog and you're getting out in the field. And I mean, you're learning too. You got to be patient with the dog. Yeah. Yeah. As real expectations on, on that dog, if it's a young dog, like you said, guys, it's, you know, have real expectations. You know, your dog's going to be bumping birds and it's not going to be perfect, but exactly. you got to, uh, you know, expect, uh, again, just what that's going to look like for you and your dog. So that's, that's a good piece of advice right there. Yeah, the dog's got to learn just like you got to learn, you know, a baby doesn't know how to put on shingles on a roof, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, your baby might not, but. <laughs> um, well, all right, cool guys. Last thing, as we kind of wrap up here, uh, rapid fire uh, section, I like to ask a couple questions. Uh, you just give me your off the cuff answer and uh, we'll start wrapping this thing up. But um, I'll kind of ask the both or the same question for each of you. But first one, uh, let's go Mikey for you. What came first, the dog, the gun or the bird? Oh, goodness. I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to say dogs. Dogs. Okay. That's, that's what kind of sucked you in. That, that's, yeah, that did the ultimate nail in the coffin, the dogs. <laughs> they have a way of doing that. Don't yeah, they, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, how about you? What came first, the dog, the gun, or the bird? The gun. The gun. Okay. Yeah, the gun. Okay. Learning how to shoot was very important to me. And here's a good reminder, everyone. Like Mark said in the beginning, get out and practice. <laughs> practice shooting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can't say that enough. Um, all right. Next question. Uh, Mikey, what gun are you carrying into the field and why? Um, well, last year I carried my TriStar, but I'm pretty sure I'll be carrying a Benelli or something of the sorts. I'm a little undecided. I'm actually in the market for a new gun, so nothing specific okay. I can say. Okay. You, you like shooting 12 gauge, 16, 12 or 20? Oh, I see. Yeah. Yep. 12 gauge, 12 gauge. 12. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Mark, how about you? What gun are you carrying into the field and why? In the field, I play with two guns. I have a Rosini 16 gauge that I like to play with early in the season, but when it gets down to all around gun, I use a Beretta 693. Okay. 28 inch barrel. And is that, is that one on 12 gauge or 16? 12, yeah. 12, okay. No. The, yeah. Okay. Very cool. Um, all right. Back to Mikey. Favorite dog breed besides the one you own? Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to catch some slack for this. What what is, what uh -oh. breed is Dolly? Oh, Springer. Springer. <laughs> <laughs> going Springer. I didn't, flushing dog. Well, and the thing is, I never even knew about that. So that's kind of what drew me to it. And then uh, DT brought out Dolly and I was like, ah, oh, no way. <laughs> it's a whole new, it's a whole new thing for me. Those are cool little dogs. That's for sure. How about, uh, oh, Mark, favorite breed besides the ones you own? An English pointer. Okay. You're going, you're going Ferrari. <laughs> Those are big running dogs. Yes, they are. Those are some good, good looking dogs. Got some legs on them. Yeah. Um, all right. I will stick with Mark. Uh, most clays you've ever hit in a row. 25. 25. Well, I'm glad you knew that. A lot of guests don't know that. And they're like, oh, uh, maybe, I don't know. Oh, well, it could be more, but that was just one round. I did a perfect round okay. that's, of skeet. That's awesome. 
Mikey, how many clays have you ever hit? Uh, in a row, row, probably a million if I had to guess. (laughs) Wow, man. That's what I expected from (laughs) you. That's what I expected. (laughs) Nothing but the best. I actually, I'm not sure. Maybe Mark would probably know better. He keeps track while we're shooting. Maybe 20. (laughs) Is is Mark the the team scorekeeper? He usually is, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. You got to have one in the bunch. He's he's on point with a lot of it, so that's it. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of help them all with their shooting. That's good. That's good. When you help me too, Mark, actually. <laughs> um, all right, a couple more here. Uh, between the two of you, who is more likely to pick up the next puppy? Well, I already did. I was going to say Mark, since he just got one, if we could rewind a little bit, definitely Mark. But yeah, you just got to rewind this by about two and a half, three. But if we're, if we're talking who's getting the next one without talking about Blanco, then definitely me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got that? Got that itch for more dogs? So bad. One. So so bad. <laughs> it, it, the struggle is real, man. The struggle is real, and it never goes away. You get you get your dog oh, gets to be six months, a year, even two, and you're like, all right, ready for another one. If I had the time for fifty of them, you'd look in my backyard and see fifty dogs. Promise you. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um, all right, uh, for each of you, um, what would be, I, I guess, a fantasy hunt if you could choose uh, destination? So where would it be? What bird would you chase with who? And you could only bring one dog. Who would it be? Either of you can answer. Well, I'm going to say you're probably going to be pretty disappointed with what I have to say as far as my fantasy hunt. I don't really have like a fantasy hunt. Like when I, because when I think of hunting, you know, nowadays it's just with the team. So my fantasy hunt. If I'm restricted to one person, that's tough. <laughs> that's that's really that's going to put me in a bind. <laughs> if you're talking one dog, I mean, of course, I want to say my dog, but I would take any one of our dogs on the team. Okay, okay. I'd go, I'd go no dogs and just go to Argentina and just shoot a thousand a day. <laughs> <laughs> that's a first, Mark. That's a first on this show. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, these are tough these are tough i think i think uh preston and david uh, i think they just said they would take each other oh, of course <laughs> of course they did the same no you know i think david actually said he would take the other david maybe or, or vice versa one of them said they would take uh, david Lovato, I think. <laughs> so brownie some brownie points there I'm yep sure. some brownie points <laughs> i don't really have a fantasy like species that i would like like dream of going to hunt because i'm we just because we go get them <laughs> I mean, if, there, if there's something we want to do, we, we just set up a hunt. You know, I wanted, I've gotten prairie chicken. I've, you know, now I've got sharpies, sage grouse, um, ptarmigan. I guess, you know, a, a, a hunt that I'd really like to do again would be ptarmigan in Alaska. Mm. Have, have you, have you done fun. that in Alaska before? I have. I was a fly fishing guide for some time and got to be able to hunt the flat tops. Oh, very cool. That's an experience right there, I'm sure. A lot of fun, but you can get right up on them. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not. I mean, the dogs right on them. You're on them. The, the lodge I had had dogs, mm. so he, as long as I went with the owner, yeah. I could do the field. That's cool. That's really cool. All right, last question, guys. Um, beverage of choice after a hunt, Mikey. What are you? Uh, what are you grabbing? You know, Mark's actually got me hooked on Stella. <laughs> Stella, wow. You know, I actually never had a Stella, and it was, I want to say it was in Montana when we all got back to the hut, and they were passed around drinks, and I was like, I, I don't even know, and you know, I've never even had that. It was Stella, and like, what, is what is it, is Dos Equis? Is that the other one that you guys carry? Yeah, Stella and Dos Equis. Oh, man. <laughs> I had a Stella, and now I won't look back. That's a nice refresher after a long hunt. I haven't had a. Oh, that's good. I haven't had a Stella that's in a long time. Yeah, that's my beer. Of the, that's my beer of choice, even in the house. Yeah, that's a, it's a it's a quality one. Is it Mark? Is that what you're grabbing after a hunt? Yes. Okay. Pardon me. Is that what you're grabbing after a hunt? A Stella. Oh yeah. Okay, okay. that's a, that's a good one. Now I gotta go uh, go get me some Stellas now. If you want me to be nice about it, then yeah, yeah nice cold glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Lots of water. 
Lots of water. Well, guys, um, this has been a ton of fun. Thank you guys for uh, carving out some time to uh, share a little bit more about yourself, uh, your journeys into upland hunting, bird dogs, and uh, and field trials. This was, uh, this was a lot of fun getting to know you both more. Well, thank you very much. This has been a lot of fun and uh, look forward to hearing it when it's on the air. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to get us onto something like this and talk to us about our personal experiences. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And next I'll be uh, chatting with Darren and David Lovato and uh, we'll be wrapping this little series up. So I'm excited. I appreciate all you guys and uh, this has been a lot of fun. So you guys have a great rest of your evening and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking soon. All right, take care. Thank Thank you, Will. You as well. Bye. Well, that's a wrap of episode 66 with Mark Zandel and Mike Moss from Team No Fly Zone. Uh, Again, be sure to stay tuned for part three and the final installment of this little mini-series in the next month or so. Uh, Guys, thank you so much again for your wisdom. Uh, Love talking setters with you, Mark, and uh, just diving into more of your story, your passion, uh, as we do on this show. Hey guys, be sure to leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Just takes 30 seconds. Head over there, uh, leave a a star rating system and then a little written review. I love reading some of those here on the podcast and uh, just seeing how this show has uh, helped you in in one way or another. Uh, Whether it's inspired you to get out there more with your dog, get a bird dog, try a new area, whatever it might be. Um, Really love hearing all those, uh, those comments and again, what this show has meant to you. All right, guys, that's a wrap for today. I uh, hope everyone's doing well, having a great fall. I'm excited to uh, excited for the next couple guests here I have coming up. I have a couple awesome, uh, awesome guests lined up over the next month. And so make sure to stay tuned. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Uh, find us on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. And uh, until next time, go put some miles on those boots and follow your favorite bird dog. Take care.